And I believe that we're all divine and we're here for a reason. You may not know what it is if you're 12, 15, 17, but I guarantee you, your parents think you're divine. The universe thinks you're divine. And your job is to just keep going ahead and figuring that out. When you figure that out, the world feels really different. In Your Element is a teen-hosted podcast covering conversations with our allies. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and I get to chat with some of the most inspiring educators, creators, and changemakers reflecting on their teen years, what makes them feel the most in their element daily, and things that they wish they had known as a teenager. This podcast is a sister organization with The Element Collective. The Element Collective hosts virtual and in-person workshops providing mindfulness, movement, creativity, fun, and other tools that high school-age girls need to love themselves, own their authenticity, and tap into who they truly are. More approachable than traditional group therapy or school clubs, Element Collective founders Mary Allard and Kylie Roswell base their approach on the five elements and create a safe and playful environment for girls to connect with themselves and others. Because when each of us are in our element, magic happens. If you're interested in being a part of any of the Element Collective events or joining our Element community, like me hosting this podcast, or even Gabby who produced the music that you're hearing now, you can follow this podcast wherever you listen, connect with us on Instagram at Element Collective, or check us out at elementcollective.com. That's E-L-L-E-M-E-N-T Collective. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today with me, Laura. I am so excited to get to talk to you. I love all the stuff that you're doing. Thanks, Abby. I'm excited to be here too. I love hearing positive feedback. That's always great, especially these days when things aren't always feeling like people are yeah. in their best, nicest <laughs> selves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Laura, I would love to start with the fact that you grew up in Paris, Paris. or did you grow up somewhere? Yeah, you I did, start, okay. started yeah. in Miami, and then by the age of seven, moved to Paris, France. I know it sounds so chic and ooh-la-la. <laughs> yeah, so my mom, she went to college in Paris, and I've heard lots of good things about it. So tell me about what that experience yeah. was like for you. So, you know, this is back in 1972. So I'm sure now that people get all these cool movies where they can see different time periods. It's kind of an interesting time in history because I guess you had women's lib in America and the whole 60s with the Vietnam War. Then you move to a place like Paris and it's like you're closer to the vibe of what must have felt like after World War II right? Very still traditional, very old fashioned. My mom was a little bit bohemian. And so it allowed me to kind of have this really fun and idyllic childhood, very creative and uh, very independent because as back then you could do a lot of things alone as a kid and you weren't worried about some of the stuff you're worried about today. So um, the biggest shock is obviously I spoke no French, so they threw me into (laughs) public school And I was, I had to just learn how to speak and write. And so kids are adaptable and, you know, it worked out. 
Yeah, I think especially at that age, you just, I, I always see like young kids who speak three different languages and I'm like, wow, that would take me so much yeah. effort. But it's different when you're young, right? The brain exactly. has, has all these little folders and a language goes in and another language comes out. It's a little confusing. And <laughs> after a while you're fluent and it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to speak multiple languages. So I had, you know, an interesting childhood and then moved back to America to go to college. And honestly, the culture shock was then, not the other way around, mm-hmm. because at 18, 19, I think I was when I moved back to New York City, that was like a whole other experience. Yeah. So you were in Paris for 11 years? Yeah, it ended up being about 12 years. Um, okay. I did my first year of college in Paris. I went to Parsons School of Design. And the year that was my first year of college, They had a program that just opened up in Paris. And so it was really like, because I was terrified to move to New York and also do my first year of college. So I got to have that first year where I was kind of at home, getting used to the whole idea. And then I moved to New York in 1982. So yeah, also a really cool time to be in New York, you know, the gritty New York, not the New York today that's a little bit more like the world. So it's just been a big city life for me kind of throughout mm-hmm. until now where I live in North Carolina in the mountains. So <laughs> kind of a lifestyle change, but I love it. Yeah. I love the simplicity of being in a smaller place. Yeah, totally. I 100% get that. So let me switch gears here. And yeah, so tell me about your company. Yeah. So we, I have a company called Adora Therapy and we are really looking at how to use natural scent. So aromatherapy, which are scents made with essential oils as the primary active scent ingredient. And because those ingredients have like a functional quality, very much like people think of CBD, right? They affect your mood and how you feel. Everybody knows lavender is very calming, but you might not know that Ylang Ylang is really a beautiful scent for kind of opening up your emotions and grounding you or that frankincense is really wonderful for spirituality. So we use those types of essential oil fragrances in perfume and body care products and candles as well. And the idea really behind the brand is to remind people to take a deep breath And that breath is healing. And our breath is probably the most healing thing that we have that we can access without having to, you know, throw on shoes and go to the yoga studio or go for a run or, you know, that you can just breathe right here, right now. We could do it in this moment. And a really great breath, especially anchored with an intention and anchored with a healing essential oil formulation can really shift how you feel. We're all feeling all kinds of things from stress to anxiety to sad or moody and depressed to really happy, but maybe we can't stay happy all the time. So having this as like a life coach in a bottle is a a passion of mine because I really love the idea of helping people with their healing and their personal transformation, but I want them to be their own coach. Yeah, I love that phrasing. Wow. Would you say that like a sort of motto for your brand is just being able to love yourself. Totally. I mean, we we call the brand Adora Therapy. So think of it as like a form of therapy to adore yourself. Our packaging has adore yourself on the inside of some of our boxes. And the reason we say adore yourself instead of love yourself is the idea of adoration takes love to a different place. I think of love as something coming from the heart, right? It's 
sort of this idea that it's heart-based, but in our world, we focus on the aura field, the chakras, which are energy in the body that go up and down from the root all the way to the crown. And so adoring yourself is creating these moments of self-love that are also self-care. So it takes it to a different level. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I just love that. Um, Yeah. I think self-care has always been something I really struggle with. And I think it's common and teens, teen girls, yeah. uh, especially because we're just like, I don't, I don't know what that means. You know, yeah. self-care is so broad of a term. It is. It's a marketing term right today. I think mm-hmm. it is. So I'll give you a little insight into your chakras. I don't know if you know much about the chakras. I don't. Yeah. So, you know, the chakras are the different parts of the body where energy flows. Think of them like a little cyclone or tornado that's spinning and it's it's not in the body, it's actually outside the body. And so it is what's attracting vibrationally things to you. And it's what is actually allowing you to feel good or bad. And so one of the things that teens don't really know a lot about is the sacral chakra. And the sacral chakra is the belly area. And it's the second chakra. It's usually uh, represented by the color orange. And what that chakra does is it controls our emotions our endocrine system, so our hormones, our reproductive organs, and also our aspect of self-care, which is like, how do we fill ourselves creatively, whatever that looks like. So the sacral is the first chakra that for a young girl can be where they feel a big hit of energy that goes and comes. Part of this is their biology. But then what happens is as we feel those feelings and they have an effect on our hormones, we start to have the emotional ups and downs. And then unfortunately, we're not taught what those are and where they're coming from. So we start to just build these habits of feeling a certain way when we're feeling those hormones and we have no control over any of that. And so the best thing that somebody can teach their adolescent going through puberty or a young woman can do, and even a woman my age, because I had the opposite, right? Going through menopause is to understand this energy in the sacral what affects it, and then how to make it better. Usually how you make it better is the self-care piece, which is the having fun, doing things for you, creative things, friends, shopping, art, food, and then enjoying life, right? Not using a different kind of energy that might be more about getting things done. And this is more of an energy of filling up our cup. So yeah, (laughs) I love what I teach when I teach things like that, because I see a lot of young people where the sacral needs to have a little boost. So there are things that you can do to help it along. This is always something that I've been interested in is like all of the chakras and all of that. I've just never gotten the chance to get into it. Yeah. Um, So are there like specific things that you can do to help your sacral chakra? Yeah, great question. So (laughs) aromatherapy is really helpful because the breath that you take is healing. And there are certain oils that are great for the sacral, things like orange essential oils, ylang, ylang essential oils. Sometimes patchouli can be very good. Jasmine, things that have kind of like a soft, sweet, hypnotic kind of vibe. Think of it that way. And I don't know if you've heard of Reiki, which is kind of like energy work. Reiki is somebody who's using their energy and their body 
to heal you. And oftentimes it looks like somebody putting their hands over your body and sending you their energy and they're moving your energy and they're doing that through like vibration and intention. So doing Reiki helps. If you like crystals, imagine that holding a crystal, like I have this crystal in my hand now, it's a clear quartz. You can actually put a crystal on your body and then use the crystal, kind of think of it like an amplifier of your intention. But a lot of it is the thought, like, I want to heal my chakra, and I want to balance my chakra, and I want my chakra to be flowing. So understanding a little bit what each chakra does, and then, you know, has anybody ever asked you, like, when you feel stressed, do you feel stress in a certain part of your body? Like, maybe you feel stress in your belly, or maybe your heart, I don't know, maybe your throat, where do you feel it? I generally feel it in my shoulders and my back. Mm -hmm. So that's related to the neck and the neck is the throat chakra. And a lot of times people feel stressed there because it's where we speak from and we speak our truth. And if we feel like we can't say what we want to say, or we're not sure we have the confidence to say it, we hold energy in the neck and shoulders. So it's a really important Mm. chakra. And so a lot of people have that tension there. And then especially for teenagers, I really feel like meditation is a really obvious, wonderful way to feel better. And that would be the number one thing that anybody could do. Some of us are too busy or don't know how, or we don't like it. And so there's other ways that we can help our whole mind, body, spirit, emotional uh, energy. And we should teach that to everybody, not just all the academic stuff. Don't even get me started on that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, all of these things that you're saying, like finding ways to be with yourself sounds very much like our brand of being in your element and finding ways to connect with yourself. Um, I'm going to switch it up again (laughs) so we can talk about you as your teen self. If you could go back in time to your Parisian fancy French teen self... (laughs) What advice would you give yourself? I love that question. You know, this is like actually very profound. So I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a child actress. So when I was a teenager, I was actually a professional actress. And when I was 16, I actually became a French movie star. So that's kind of crazy, right? To think about that. But I was famous French teen movie star. And so I think what I learned from that, which I think is the exact same thing everybody deals with as a teenager is am I worthy? Am I being loved and accepted and liked for who I really am? Or is it the projection of what people think I should be? That is what's more important. And that was really, really hard, especially that I was not like your cute cheerleader, um, pretty girl. I was the person who sort of was more like the ugly duckling kind of you know, today you might call it the goth girl or, you know, like a a girl who is like not the popular girl. And so of course, from a ego perspective at that age, that was really hard because I really wanted to be more like all those other people that were held up as the standard. Little did I know that I obviously was the one to envy, but it didn't feel like that back then because I think the media and a lot of the imagery that's thrown at us about what is the way to be is to be a little bit more like everybody else. So today, if I could tell my teenage self something, I would say, learn to adore yourself, which is why I do what I'm doing now. Because I really think in that act of loving yourself more than anybody else, it's a real act of courage. And 
we need to learn how to do it because nobody else is going to do it for us. And the other thing I'd say to my teen self is um, this too shall pass because eventually all the things that happened then, you can't even remember them now. So I'm 58 now. So it's been quite a few years. And the truth is it all made me who I am. And then I believe that we're all divine and we're here for a reason. You may not know what it is if you're 12, 15, 17, but I guarantee you, your parents think you're divine. The universe thinks you're divine. And I guarantee you, you are divine. And your job is to just keep going ahead and figuring that out. When you figure that out, the world feels really different. So much amazing <laughs> just insight that you're, it's so incredible. Um Two more questions for you. And one of the questions is, what is something that you wish you had known when you were a teenager? This could be the same answer as advice, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But if it's different. No, I love that. So when I was when I was younger, I would say to my mom, I'm bored. And she would say, what do you mean you're bored? And I'd say, I'm bored. You know, it'd be like the weekend and everything was quiet. None of my friends were around. And back then we didn't have the internet or the good TV shows all day, all night. And she would say, don't be bored, go find something you can do. And so I felt the same way with my kids. And it was like, there's so much you can do, especially when you're younger, because you really do have blocks of time that as an adult, you'll never get back when you're doing all the adulting stuff. Take advantage of that stuff to do very creative things and learn skills and spend time focusing on your passions and your hobbies and invest that time in you because that's the stuff you love and it'll help you in everything you do later in your life. Your teen years are really when you can nurture that part of yourself without somebody leaning over your shoulder and saying, don't do that. I know there's some kids that have helicopter parents and their whole schedule is like picked for them. But I still think everybody has a good two to four hours a week where they can do the thing they love to do. And um, if it is social media and things like that, that's great because maybe you'll learn how to make great content. There's so many companies that need great content creators. So there's really nothing you could be doing that would be not worth your time as long as it's fun for you and you're enjoying it and you're understanding that it's a way to make yourself more interesting in the future, but don't be bored. (laughs) Do not be bored. Yeah. That is something that my dad has always taught me is there's always something for you to do. And sometimes it's okay to be bored because that forces you to come up with something else more creative to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we don't like to be alone with our thoughts. So part of the bored thing is, this idea that doing is better than being. And I'll tell you, that's the other kind Mm. of secret is as you get older, you have to unlearn that and you have to learn to do the being because the doing will get you. The being is the holy grail. You want to learn how to do the being, which is why at your younger age, learning to include things like meditation and exercise and contemplation and writing and drawing or coloring or whatever those things are that give you this time with you learning how to add that to your, whatever your week is, your day is, is such an important thing you can take with you throughout your life. And it'll be a solace to you, especially when the times get hard. My last question for you is where can our listeners find more of you? Where can they find Adora Therapy? Yeah, thanks. Um, So we have a website, adoratherapy.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, 
Adora Therapy, TikTok, or Adora Therapy Facebook. And so you can always check us out there. If you happen to be in Asheville, North Carolina, we have a store and our store is really cool. It's in downtown Asheville and we can see you there. But if you ever want to reach out, you can reach out to me on Instagram and I'll probably be the one answering or I'll find out. And um, we're always looking for ambassadors and influencers. So if anybody in your audience has a interest in social media and promoting brands and creating content, tell them to reach out and we'll hook them up with some product and see if they want to learn more about what we do and share it with their audiences. Awesome. And that's A-D-O-R-A, right? Yeah. And then therapy, all one word. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You had so many good pieces of insight. Thanks, Abby. It was a pleasure. And thanks for taking me down memory lane. Your questions were great. I'm <laughs> probably going to go to bed tonight and have dreams about being a teenager. And that might be really amazing. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> I love it. 